your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a. Is it only Tuesday? 608-785-7914 is the talk of text line. The guy just said that. You want to get in here? You can. We're good. We're good till the bottom half of the hour. So if you want to get in here, 608-785-7914. Was going to have a senator on today, but now I'm going to have a Senate candidate on today. Uh, if anybody watched or wants to check out wisdomnews.com, a little bit of news, just a little bit of news happening today in regards to uh, Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson. Uh, we'll he was supposed to come on. We had it set up yesterday. And then a January 6th U.S. House committee hearing happened today. And then Ron Johnson said he couldn't come on. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're related. Uh, so instead, Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes is going to come on. He's also running for Senate. He's probably not going to have anything nice to say about Ron Johnson, I'm guessing, considering his statement was that he should resign. Put out a statement today. That's pretty serious stuff. Uh, Ron Johnson, apparently, uh, I don't know, I could just, I could do some reading. An aide for U.S. Senator Ron Johnson told former Vice President Mike Pence's staff that the Republican from Wisconsin wanted to hand deliver to Pence fake elector votes from his state and neighboring Michigan. That's what text messages revealed at the meeting of the U.S. Select House Committee investigating the January 6, 2021 insurrection. Um, Johnson, Johnson's spokesperson, Alexa Henning, put out a statement. It said the senator was, had no involvement in the creation of an alternate slate of electors and had no foreknowledge that it was going to be delivered to our office. This was a staff-to-staff exchange. His new chief of staff contacted the vice president's office. The vice president's office said not to give it to him, and we did not. There is no further action taken. End of story. So I guess we don't... end. If it's end of story, it's end of story, right? No more. No more need to talk about it. Um, I think Eric's from, from Sparta's calling, but this might be the, the, the hang-up line. Yep. Eric likes to call on multiple phone lines. Eric from Sparta, go ahead. You're on the air. Yes, this is uh, straight on TV this afternoon. The last, every, they'll put on the, uh, on, uh, primetime shows. is a straight for the Democrat parties for the midterm. That's all it is. When the midterm's come, when you lose your ass, you're going to, Wish you didn't do this crap because you'd be on the carpet then. Thank you very much. Okay. So it's, uh, the charade is run by Republicans in the U.S. House Committee. So there's that. So that's uh, not a Democratic charade. Uh, we can go to, I think Mike is calling in. We go to Mike on the line. Is this Mike? Yeah, this is Mike. Hey, Mike, you're on the air. Go ahead. Okay, I was just going to say that cities need to learn, and lacrosse in particular, needs to learn the difference between a need and a want. My mom and dad taught me that. And I would say that uh, the need for a mural on one of the parking ramps, that's more of a want than the need to make sure that the crosswalks are painted properly in the city. 
maybe they could use the paint, the money for the paint for that uh, mural to repaint those crosswalks. <laughs> so we got to ask the art board to uh, use the art board money to paint on the roads, literally. Well, I, I have a difficult time with my tax money or anybody's ta- tax money being used for things like art and stuff like that. That's a want, not a need. Okay. All right. Well, th- thanks for the call, Mike. Uh, yeah, there's a mural. I think, uh, I forget what the cost of that mural is going to be. I want to say it's on there. It's, it, this was a story last week. Shouldn't be too hard to find. Here it is. New ramp. It's going to be a flower mural, so not like kind of next to the uh, Helping Hands mural at the downtown parking ramp, uh, right here across the road from us. Uh, Sixty-five hundred seventy-two dollars. So a Viroqua artist, so a local artist, going to come in here and paint a mural. Um, yeah, I mean, th- there's a, another story I wanted to get to after the break here. Just the the idea that we need to plant more trees downtown, and that was a thing that we discussed yesterday. In a, in a committee hearing or a committee meeting, a little different kind of committee meeting, January 6th committee. Um, but the old elector, the fake elector, electoral votes or electors, I guess you could call them that, you know, whether you want to call them fake or not, I guess they were electors. They just weren't part of the winning party of electors that uh, that story has come to, to light again today uh, with with apparently Ron Johnson <laughs> His aide, he, Ron Johnson himself, was it going to hand deliver? Was it going to be like one of them shake? You're going to do the handshake and you got a $20 bill in your hand, you know, like what you do to when you go into a restaurant and you want to get a table right away? Was it going to be one of them? Just going to give Mike Pence a bunch of, of um, Republican electoral college votes that were uh, created under false pretenses to elect Donald Trump president? Or just, mm, it's not a thing. It's not a thing <laughs> that happened. Uh, end of story. That's what is. That's what is. Uh, his handler, Ron Johnson's handler, said today. Uh, we'll go back to the phones. Is is this Dan? Yeah. Hey Dan, you're on yeah. the air. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah. All right. Thanks. That was a good call. <laughs> it was one of my better calls. Uh, we'll go back to the phones. I think this is another Mike. Is this Mike? It is. Hey Mike, you're on the air. Go ahead. I'd like to add to that last caller, why is any taxpayer's money being used for an art board for the city when we have repairs to be made on roads that are city roads as well as other things? I agree 100%. They should focus on needs, not wants. Wants are things that you acquire after you have the needs met, which they obviously do not. All right, where where do we need to fix the roads? Where, where, where are we talking? Have you not driven around the cross? Okay, where? Driver on the cross. Just tell me. Oh, okay. I feel like they're fixing some of the roads. We're doing a year project of Lacrosse Street. The whole south end of Lacrosse. I mean, is the roundabout a need or a want? That's the Wisconsin DOT. Is that a need or a want? I mean, the South Avenue, uh, all those roundabouts there. Is that a need or a want? Uh, could argue about that. Uh, Chris Kahlo, one of the city council members, proposed yesterday built planting trees in downtown La Crosse. We need more trees. That's what I wanted to get to. Is that a need or a want? Uh, we'll go back. All right, Dan, round two. Try again. You're on the air. Hey. Um, I want to talk about the teachers uh, wanting a, a raise. Okay. Um, I, I like that. That's good. Give them a raise. 
Um, but uh, in hindsight, um, they want a new school. Okay, they get a new school. I've heard that um, kids from French Island and kids on the north side, if they get this new school, uh, they're going to go to Alaska. Okay, they go to Alaska. Oops. Less kids are going to go to this new school. So how are they going to get a raise? All right. What, what about uh, that's going to be less kids? What about kids on the south side, maybe wanting to go to this new school that's closer to them? Well, fine, they can go there, but there'll be less kids, and they'll say, "Hey, wait a minute, you got less kids. That'll be less money." All right. well, how are they going to get? How are they going to get money to pay for another raise if the teachers want more money? Right. Uh- well, probably talk to the state legislature about that, but they're off. Yeah. They're off for the year, so we're not going to deal with it. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but I mean, I mean, the teachers probably deserve a raise. They do. They work hard. Yeah, for but, sure. It's it's going to be on. It's going to be interesting battle. Uh, thanks, thanks, yeah. Dan. I got to let you go. I appreciate the call. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. Uh, we can get into that stuff. I wanted to do. I did want to talk trees. So I mean, that's all. This all comes into what? What was it, Mike? The the need versus want. All right. Welcome back to the Crosstalk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. A lot of lot of things. Well, a couple of old stories come to light on the show today. A, a mural we're going to paint on the downtown Main Street. Parking ramp, another one, uh, sixty five hundred bucks for that. Uh, somebody said we shouldn't be doing that. We should be painting uh, the crosswalks or repainting the crosswalks. Repainting the crosswalks. Um, the the arts board doesn't do that, so that would be somebody else's responsibility. So if you're uh, if you're saying that we can't do both, then I th- I'm guessing we can probably paint. The crosswalks. I would say maybe call the city hall and say, "Hey, this crosswalk needs to be repainted." Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Teachers Union, uh, Lacrosse Education Association had a rally yesterday asking for about a five percent pay raise, essentially the most they can ask for, and you know, citing inflation uh, in regards to that pay raise. They, the the district is offering two percent. And the teachers' union is asking for 4.7%, essentially a cost-of-living raise. They can't ask for more than that. They probably would. The Act 10 is limited, what you can you can ask for. Uh, but they had a rally. They spoke at the lacrosse school board meeting last night. And uh, Dr. Aaron Engel talked with, with us and other reporters right before the school board meeting as well. Uh, and I, I guess it's going to go to a third party to mediate. We're going to have a middleman. A referee, I guess, to uh, negotiate pay raises. I'll try to have the Jesse Martinez, or I'll probably try to have Jesse Martinez on here eventually to talk about those pay raises. Uh, he's the new teachers' union president. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. Nick's been waiting. You want to talk about this? Nick, go ahead. You're on the air, man. Hey, thanks, Rick, for taking my call. So, yeah, I'd like to just touch on the teachers wanting a raise. Um, me, personally, I'm torn on the situation. Um, I understand, you know, cost of living has gone up, inflation is 
is obviously affecting us all. However, on the flip side of things, if you do some digging, you can see that the enrollment in the lacrosse school district has steadily gone down over the past couple of years, and test scores always seem to be dropping as well. So it begs the question, you know, outside of inflation and the cost of living, why should we be giving raises to teachers, technically the product, if you will, the students is is lacking. All right. Um, so so you I don't know if, whether or not it's true. Let's just pretend it's true that test scores are going down in the lacrosse school district. Um, if if teachers are leaving the lacrosse school district for for better paying jobs, I mean, what gets better teachers to come to the district? What gets more uh, more people to apply for a job? Nick, what do you think? Well, that's that's a good you know that's a good point. However, isn't it true that the teachers are wanting to eliminate some positions to get their raises? Because that seems to me, if that's the case, that's conflicting as well. It's they- like if you want more teachers, and that's the problem, then why are they wanting to get rid of some of the? And I'm sure it's only a few teachers in order to give the rest of them that want to stay employed raises. I think what happened is the district hired some, some uh, I don't know if you want to call it administrative positions, uh, essentially positions that don't deal first hand, don't have face-to-face contact with teachers. And, okay. uh, and those, those positions are essentially going to go away. They're going to expire essentially because, because of all the things that have happened over the past two years and, um, including enrollment decreasing and, and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, I think the teachers are arguing that it, we we have too many people that don't have face to face contact with students, and we you know and we maybe don't have and in and to balance that to get rid of some of those people to balance that, then you you can you can afford to give teachers raises, right? Yeah, I mean you could sure. Um... And that's, you know, kind of why I called is to just obviously get a little bit more information and, and to kind of, you know, obviously air my insight as well. So, um, anyways, Rick, I, I appreciate you taking my call. You do a great job. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for the call. Uh, 608-785-7914. Kent is on number three. You're on hold. Just hold tight. Northside Kent uh, working out of that. Is it a, it's a Burger King working out of the old defunct Burger King on the north side. He's the mayor up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working out of my house now. The old Burger King. I guess you're going to turn it into some coffee shop or something. But anyway, Rick. <laughs> yeah. So, so this um, this thing about this senator here that that submitted fake election things or whatever didn't do it. He didn't do it. Uh, they wanted to hand Mike Pence the 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 Republican electoral college votes. If you remember right. that story, we talked about that way back in they're February. All re- they're all registered electoral people, so how can you hand in a fake list of people that don't exist? Right. It's kind of the conspiracy here, <laughs> a little bit. I know. I don't get it either, but, I, you know, you're, you're an objective reporter, too. I'd like you to watch that, that uh, documentary, 2,000 Mules, if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Stay I'm, the other side, brother. Well, I mean, did you hear Bill Barr talk about that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Barr, he's a he's great, man. Donald Trump's what was he? Donald? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not going to watch 
2,000 mules. I've read I've read a little bit about it. Just nonsense. It's nonsense. Number three is on the air. Number three, go ahead. I'll buy you the tickets and the popcorn. You and your girlfriend could go see it. I'm going to go watch Top Gun 2 instead, I think. Oh, okay. Anyway, you know, you're talking about some gal wants more trees downtown. Yeah, well, no, it's, it's her name is Chris Kahlo. She's a city council member. She's talking okay, about well, planting trees. Right. Um, if somebody take a ride down Logie Boulevard and Cross Street on the north end... Where the two meet on your way to the mall, there's a park there by the name of Relic. Okay. I haven't seen anybody in it for 20 years. They must have planted about 15, 20 trees. They're all about 8, 10 foot tall. They should replant those downtown. Just dig them up. I don't, trees don't like to be moved after a while, and it takes well, a lot of work. If you a big enough backhoe, you can dig them up. I know, you but, won't hurt them. but won't that cost more than just getting another tree? I don't know. Trees are about... 200 bucks to put in your yard now if you want one from the city. They tore mine out when they put the sidewalk in here and never replaced it. Yeah. But, but that's all right because my wife is getting a little up in years and she don't like raking anyway anymore. Yeah. But the trouble is when they put trees downtown, those bozos on a Friday, Saturday night just break them off anyway. Okay, well, that's illegal. We shouldn't do that. I know we shouldn't. We should put a camera down there and watch him. Oh, we got a camera. It worked. It helped find the bozo that hit my car. Did they find him? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Did he have insurance? Uh, I think so. You hope so. We're still Otherwise, work- you're going to use yours. We're still working on that. You're still working on it. Well, if you need any help, let me know. I know how to handle that guy. <laughs> okay, thanks. All right? Yep, Keep later. your powder dry. All right, bye. All right, six zero eight seven eight. You know what? This will be the last call, and then I got to go to break. Uh, caller, who's this? Hey, Rick. This is Nate. How hey, are you Nate. doing tonight? I'm good. You hey, got- I was just listening. You know, and you got a good point about the uh, wages. You know, is that there's been a long time that um, people kind of forget. Like, if you ever read uh, Sam Walton's book, you always said, you know, reward your people. Because then you get good people, and then they give you, they get the loyalty. That's the biggest thing, is loyalty. And you want somebody that's loyal to take care of your kids while they're teaching them. And then the second thing is, I just wanted to throw out there for Eric, is that, uh, you know, if uh, Mike Pence had, um, they want to redo it because Mike Pence, if he could possibly have had the opportunity or the capability of overthrowing the election, just think what Kamala Harris can do come a couple years from now under the same situation. So it just makes you kind of, they got to, they got to address this because, you know, what if, what if we have a government that all of a sudden, well, it is legal. One person can just change the whole uh, outlook of our country. Yeah. So that's, those are my two comments tonight. All right. Awesome. Nick. I appreciate the awesome. Nick. Uh, I appreciate the call. Um, yeah. <laughs> just what comes around goes around. I mean, that's, that's kind of the Senate filibuster talk. We, we discuss once in a while too. Uh, although they change the filibuster in the Senate all the time, so there's no precedent for Republicans or Democrats, whoever controls the Senate, to decide, ah, we're gonna we're gonna vote for this with 50 votes, and we're gonna vote for the other things for with 60 votes. Anyway, we're gonna have a Senate candidate on Mandela Barnes. He's the Lieutenant Governor in Wisconsin. Uh, he's only gonna have nice things to say about Ron Johnson, uh, who was supposed to be on today, but he he backed out. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the text line if you want to get in here. Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes on with me. He's also a Senate candidate. And uh, your, your second fiddle, Mandela, today, because I was going to have uh, Senator Ron Johnson on today. We had it all set up yesterday. And then, uh, for some reason, he just uh, couldn't make it today. I don't know, I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> I do know why, but I 
I, uh, I can only assume, I suppose, but maybe he had other things going on. But um, you're running uh, to, to, to take Ron Johnson's seat in the Senate. Ron Johnson seems to have uh, played a role in what, what a, a story that we've, we've talked about before with the, the, the false electors or the, the false documents that Republican electors in Wisconsin. Um, how, how, how have you wrapped your head around all the stuff that's going on with that? Well, I'll tell you, you said it. You know, he's supposed to be here today. If he doesn't want to do his job, I'll do it for him. But Ron Johnson is clearly actively trying to undermine our democracy, and there's proof of it. He tried to hand Mike Pence fake ballots. I don't know how much more ridiculous you can get. Also, don't know how much more dangerous you can get. I think that people are realizing how fragile our democracy is as they watch the January 6th committee hearings. Uh, but to know that Senator Johnson's office uh, was looking to actively participate in the destabilizing our democracy shows us how much of a danger he is to this country and our fundamental rights. And he should step down. He needs to resign. Yeah. What, uh, you know, we've, we've normalized like the ridiculous, uh, how dangerous does this get? If there's no repercussions for things that, you know, undermining, uh, an election, like if there's no repercussions for this stuff, uh, I think I had a caller on before this said, Hey, uh, Democrats are in power right now. So if you're not going to have repercussions for it before, then then maybe Kamala Harris does something uh, next election. Well, that's the thing. Like, if he gets away with it, that means somebody else is going to try it. And that somebody else could be a whole lot smarter than Ron Johnson. And that's the danger that we're dealing with right now, where, uh, where, where people think that they can stop democracy from functioning, where they can where they can circumvent the will of the people. I'm telling you, this is beyond the slippery slope right now. We are right on the brink. And we every day it feels like we see how much closer we were to losing a function in democracy. And Ron Johnson is more than willing to participate in that destabilization effort. Yeah, Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes on with us now. You're, you're running against Ron Johnson, so come November, maybe, maybe Ron Johnson edges you out. Uh, then maybe you can just do all the things that you want to undermine that election and and try to to, to take power from Ron Johnson. If there's no repercussions, okay. if we're not going to punish anybody for any of this stuff, and the thing is, it is it is the will of the people, and that should be the law of the land. And we need to respect the outcome of elections. We need to respect election results. Uh, it is already been demonstrated. It's already uh, been shown that this was the most safe and secure election. And uh, possibly ever, but certainly in quite some time. And the idea that so many election, uh, so many people, you know, who work on elections, so many of our uh, clerks, they have been subject to threats. They've been subject to all sorts of intimidation because people like Ron Johnson want to do the bidding of the former president, of the defeated president. And this is putting lives at risk and is putting our nation at risk. How can we claim moral high ground when it comes to international affairs if we have a gang of people who are more than willing to go uh, against, again, the basic tenets of democracy itself, which is uh, the voice of the people? We're speaking with Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. He's running for Senate. Uh, how many people are running for Senate in, in the Democratic side in Wisconsin, Lieutenant do you, or uh, Mandela? Do you know? We got a, there, There's a handful, but the reason... 
people are lined up to run against Ron Johnson because he's so vulnerable. But I'm really incredibly proud of the campaign that we built. Uh, we're showing up everywhere. We have built the largest grassroots coalition, not just of this campaign, but in recent memory. We've had over 100,000 individual donations that have come into this campaign. I've earned the endorsement of over 130, closer to 140 elected leaders from all across Wisconsin at every level of government, starting with uh, Congresswoman Gwen Moore and then so many other leaders like like uh, like lacrosse mayor uh, Mitch Reynolds, like the mayor of Superior, Jim Payne, the mayor of uh, Wausau, Katie Rosenberg, and so many others. And then the national leaders like Senator Elizabeth Warren, Senator Cory Booker, Majority Whip Jim Clyburn. I'm incredibly proud of the progress that we've made so far, and I'm absolutely looking forward to the work ahead. So this is this is like kind of off base, but like, because nobody's going to know really who this is unless they they're they're on in social media. But Katie Porter, I believe, endorsed you. She's a um, she's one of those in in government that's often going up against. Do you watch what Katie Porter does in these committees against the uh, you know billionaires and and big tech and and big companies and and just kind of do, do you want to emulate what she's been doing? Hey, Katie Porter has been one of the leading progressive voices, and it's for a good reason. Uh, she leads with conviction. She leads with courage, and uh, much like Senator Elizabeth Warren, she has a plan. I mean, she is. Uh, sort of a protege of Senator Elizabeth Warren. It's the type of leadership that we should be putting forward. And she also won in a tough district. Let me let me remind you, she won and was reelected in a tough district. Uh, she outperformed the ticket. So uh, Katie, Katie Porter is certainly the type of leader uh, that I have so much respect for, so much admiration for, so much appreciation for her support. All right, so you, you put out uh, – an- I just got the email, so I haven't been able to. Oh, also, Mandela, just admit, you don't know how many people are running for Senate in the Democratic side. You said a handful, but <laughs> like the number changes because I I, uh, I have had Adam Murphy on my show uh, last week, but he he dropped out of the race. But there's never really news when who who drops out. But there, there was like a dozen, and now there's probably there's probably under double digits. That's safe to say, I think. Yeah, I mean, we're just focused on meeting people where they are, you know, uh, this is uh i got a lot of i got friends who are running respect their uh respect their drive but we're focused on meeting people all across the state of wisconsin and delivering we're focused on rebuilding the middle class we're focused on ushering in a clean energy future not just for the state of wisconsin but for the entire country well wisconsin and the driver's seat and we're also focused on making sure that every person in this country has health care uh, you know, these are the things that have been on the minds of people for so long because these are the issues that have been ignored and unaddressed. And that's because the Senate is so incredibly broken. The Senate doesn't share the experience of the majority of people in this country. I can't think of a more out-of-touch place, and that's why we need to bring more working-class voices to the body. All right, Mandela, I was going to ask Ron Johnson this question because he's in the Senate, but I'll just ask you this. Well, I'll give you, a, like, a little story here. Somebody that's close to me has a pre-existing condition, and uh, it affects it affects them every day. Uh, they have to take medication for it. And, and over the years, the medication has always changed because it, it works for a while and then it doesn't work. And then you got to switch medications until you get something that's working. She finally has something that is working and it's doing well for her. And then she got an email today that says her insurance company is no longer accepting that medication. And therefore, she's going to have to go back to the drawing board with her doctors to try to figure out something else that's worked when this has been a years-long ongoing process to finally get something that's going to alleviate her pain that she has every day. Um, how, how in the Senate can we, can we fix this problem with health insurance? Well, that's the problem. People keep getting the runaround. 
you know, people have to worry about if their doctor is in the network or not. We need to have a little more standardization here. We also need to hold drug companies accountable. We need to hold uh, the whole industry accountable for that matter. We need to be on a path to universal health care to make sure that this process can be more streamlined. And think about a person. Let's just stop for a second because if you're a person with a pre-existing condition and you're dependent on certain medications just to keep you alive, how do you think the stress of having to figure out the ins and outs, the labyrinth of the insurance and healthcare system. Uh, what, what do you think that does to a person's mental health on top of the physical health issues they've been experiencing? And this is because we're experiencing a lack of accountability in the healthcare system, and that's what needs to change. And again, that's why we need real world experience in the United States in it. Yeah, and it's just, it seems like a no-brainer that everybody should be like, yeah, this person shouldn't have to go through that situation, but I don't see any uh, resolution. Um, you put out a tax plan, a tax cut plan out today for the middle class. It seems pretty straightforward. Give the middle class a tax cut. Uh, ensure the wealthiest among us pay their fair share. Uh, lower the cost of health care, which is what we, we were talking about, but also child care, education, and prescription drugs. And then hold the oil and drug com- companies accountable. Well, the Senate could do this right now, right, with the last thing, because... Um, the U.S. House of Representatives has passed legislation to stop price gouging from oil companies. I think we're seeing that uh, across the board with big corporations. As as things get more expensive and we want to blame Joe Biden, uh, we could actually just blame capitalism a little bit here, right? i tell you, it is an extremely straightforward plan. Working families are hurting. Working families have had it tough. And it's become even worse for working families over the last couple of years. I know this. I know the pain personally. I'm right there with you. And I'll tell you, in the short term, one thing we need to do is to fix this by uh, addressing, uh, you know, by extending the child tax credit. We need to extend the earned income tax credit, federal gas tax holiday, and corporate greed, as you mentioned. You know, these oil and gas companies who are using inflation as a smokescreen to jack up prices on American people have to stop. These companies are making record profits, and the oil and gas industry aren't the only industries that are making record profits while people at the cash register are paying record sums of money. And, you know, in the long term, we also need to create good-paying jobs of bringing manufacturing back home, you know, doing the things uh, that made us strong in the first place here in Wisconsin. That's how we shorten the supply chain issues and we lower costs for people. And we need more people in Washington, again, with that firsthand understanding of the challenges that working-class people are facing. Uh, you brought up the child care tax credit. I feel like Democrats, when Joe Biden took office, um, they, I feel like they were a rookie cross-country runner that when the gun sounded, they took off uh, the in, into a sprint. And now we're like halfway through the race and they're getting a little tired because the, the free child lunch program ended this month. And uh, there's there's talk of it. I feel like the, the they're not doing their due diligence. They're cramming for the test after the test is already passed. Uh, they're late on the deadline. But the free child ta- uh, free child lunch at schools has ended. Um, like you said, the child care tax credit that thing has ended. Uh, we, we need to do something with uh, you know daycares and and getting people the, to be able to afford those. Um, but I feel like Democrats are losing ground here because they're they're not re-upping a lot of this stuff that they let just kind of pass and fail. Well, I, I tell you, I take that personally. My very first uh, 5K I ever ran, I went out the gate sprinting. First mile was all right. Did not make it the last two. I had to walk. But with that being said, this goes back to the Senate being so incredibly out of touch. This is why we need to expand the majority. Republicans have not lifted a finger to help solve 
or ease the woes of the American people. This is the problem we're dealing with right now. And Democrats do, in turn, get so much blame for Republican inaction. I'll tell you, that is one reason why we need to expand the majority in the U.S. Senate and get things done for the American people. If we if we already had a thing like the child care tax credit and we already had a thing like the free lunch program um, at schools, breakfast and lunch, I should say, um, why is it the Senate that's not getting things done there or is it something else? Because we we already did it. Then why, why aren't we re-upping these things? Well, we need people with conviction who understand the American experience. I can tell you the majority of people in the U.S. Senate haven't had the financial concerns that the majority of people in this country have had. I know this all too well. I know this very person. I know what it feels like to scrape by to, to, to have to wonder if you're going to make ends meet. I've been there before. And my concern is always with the people who are being hit and hurt the most. And there just aren't enough people right now in Congress who understand that. Yeah. Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, he's running for Senate. One of the one of the un, handful of Democrats running to take Ron Johnson's seat. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, thanks a lot. Hey, thank you so much. All right. We've got to take another break. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914. Just a couple minutes here before we end the show. Thanks again to Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes. I kept saying his whole name. I don't know why. I just say Barnes or Mandela, but I kept saying Lieutenant. Then I'd trip over myself because I'm like, why am I doing that? It's such a formal name too, Lieutenant Governor. Weird way we uh, elect Lieutenant Governors in Wisconsin. They run separate of the governor. It's a little different. I don't know if I like it or not. Sometimes I do because then you can kind of pick. <laughs> All right, I like that person as lieutenant governor more so than this other person. Uh, in Minnesota, it's just they're they're like a team, so they go out as a team. the The, the governor picks his lieutenant governor essentially. Um, a lot of times, money in politics makes me think that these are all itchy because then how much money is going to be spent on a lieutenant governor campaign on top of a governor campaign? Just added added cost for everything. 608-785-7914. Joe, I think Joe is calling it. Joe? Yeah. um, Mandela Barnes is an idiot. Mm, Okay. (laughs) It's uh, very mature and thoughtful, Joe. Really appreciate the call. Probably won't take any more calls from you anymore. So feel free to not call again because it's not productive. Um, We were talking about teacher raises. Uh, I'm going to see if... I don't know. I'm I'm trying to work out work on having one of the t- the teachers union president on. Maybe I might have them on next week because tomorrow I'm going to have. I believe I'm going to have William Garcia, the Democratic Party chair here in La Crosse County, on because the Democratic Party convention is coming to La Crosse this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. It's going to be at the La Crosse Center. So I want to see if William will tell us, you know, if anything um, unique will happen. A lot of times the Democratic Party chair or Democratic Party has done stuff in the state pretty unique in terms of fundraising. Um, but like, will Joe Biden show up to, to the convention? Uh, Governor Evers will be there. Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes, I said his whole name again. Uh, he'll be there. Governor Tony Evers, I'll say his whole name as well. And um, so a little two-day event down at the Lacrosse Center uh, should, be, should be pretty interesting, kind of exciting to have like a convention in town. I've never had to experience, I've never experienced that. I And, and the general public, I, if I, if I, remember correctly because we did a podcast on this if you want to go to 
wisdomnews.com slash podcast and check it out. Um, just delegates and the politicians who are running and, and maybe some media folks. And I don't know who else gets to go to this thing. So I don't, I'm not sure that the general public gets to go, which is kind of odd. I could be wrong though, but that's why I'm going to have William on. Uh, hopefully tomorrow, if not Thursday, to, to talk about the, the convention coming to the lacrosse center. Um, and, and then, yeah, we were, we were talking, I appreciate everyone that, w- that called in earlier talking about the, the mural on da- in downtown lacrosse, whether or not we should, uh, we should spend lacrosse arts board money on painting crosswalks instead of murals. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not against beautifying the city with murals. Whether or not the murals are beautiful, that's, that's up to anyone's opinion. Uh, we put a, a hatched baby statue out in front, behind, I should say, behind City Hall. We didn't put it in front, and we put it next to the police department. It lasted a couple of years before it was vandalized. No doubt that thing was, was unique. Yeah, some would call it ugly. I don't know if it was ugly, but it's just it was a thing that people talked about, so... Um, I'm not, I'm not sure about painting murals on public buildings and whether or not, you know, cause they can end up, if they ended up as, as unique looking as hatch baby, would you, would you want them up there? So, uh, I'm not, I'm not so sure about that. Anyway, that's all the time I have. Yeah. Like I said, William Garcia, the lacrosse County democratic party chair coming out tomorrow. I trying to line up a guest for Thursday as well. Uh, we'll see it. Not quite sure yet. And obviously, UW Lacrosse political science professor Dr. Chugoski will be on Friday. Thanks for listening.